everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> There's a large clock tower or town bell here where we live, and it's unsettling. It goes off every 15 minutes, so that might be in the background now. I doubt it. I (laughs) highly doubt it. Mm. We do um, also have fire whistles. Fire sirens. That could be interesting to deal with, but we'll see. Like siren head type sirens. (laughs) Yeah. Not that creepy. No, unfortunately. Um, yeah, um, so, hello, everyone, welcome to this episode episode of Hounds of Horror, I'm Victor. Eloquently put, Victor, I'm Max. And I'm Kitty, and this is our (laughs) semi-weekly... Getting back into weekly. (laughs) Podcast. Where we talk about horror movies. Uh, apologies for the um, delay between episodes here because, uh, well, I mean, I guess your delay was actually a few episodes ago, but Victor and I were uh, moving, so <laughs> some stuff got pushed to the side. Um, <laughs> yes. And... If there is a slight dip in audio quality, it is because we are uh, using a slightly more mobile setup currently until we can get our, you know, good fancy stuff set back up again. So, you know, just be happy that we're here at all, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You ungrateful pricks. (laughs) I find that as I get older, I get more and more preemptively annoyed about things before somebody has the, like, the chance to annoy me. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you can reach us at handsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I left social media about five days ago. So, um, if there's anything going on on the websites, that's my, my co-hosts now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I dipped. <laughs> Needed to unplug Wait, for a little bit. <laughs> did you leave what? Facebook I deactivated, yeah. For mm-hmm. for now, I do it every once in a while. That's such a like a, a final sounding statement. I deactivated. I deactivated. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I just uh, I needed a little bit of space, so I virtual space. Virtual space. Yes. I deactivated. Well, you don't, you I... don't have to read all the crap people put on there. Except I do. Mm. <laughs> Like, I get to the end of my feed, and Facebook's like, if you want more stuff, add more friends. And I'm like, no. Like, this was already more than enough. Like, (laughs) 
I don't need to hear from anybody else. I think it's you know amazing that I'm one of five people on your Facebook page and you didn't even realize I was gone. That cracks me up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yes. Words and things. Um, I feel like I had a point. I don't remember what it was because it doesn't matter. All right. So yeah. this week we talked about. We're talking about a movie we watched. We, we watched. And that movie. And we, we actually watched. watched this movie like four weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about Ouija, Quidja, Origin of Evil. A Luigi board? A Luigi board. Uh, and it is a 2016 movie that was directed by Michael Flanagan. Michael Flanders and... Hadley ho there, Mira Reno. <laughs> yes. Good old-fashioned Mike Flanagan. Mm. Uh... <clears throat> Yes, Squeegee Origin of Evil Knievel <laughs> stars. It's got the usual Mike Flanders. Mike Flanagan. I meant not Mike. Who's Mike Flanders? <laughs> That's not even the guy from The Simpsons. Uh, no, maybe it's just Flanders. <laughs> Ned, technically, I think. Uh, yeah, that's right, Ned. Yeah, Ned Flanders. Uh, we have um, Henry Thomas, his father, Tom. Uh, Elizabeth Reeser is Alexander. Katie Siegel was in the beginning of it as Jenny Brown something. The search engine I'm using doesn't bother to put their full character names in it. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, Jenny Browning, I guess. Yeah, like it's like Jenny Brown dot dot dot. That doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, that's that's really the big ones. Uh, Annalise Basso, she was in Oculus. Oh, that's right. She was young Karen Gillan's character. Yeah. <laughs> she was the young one. <laughs> what the hell was her name? I don't remember. I don't. No, it's been too long. Um, it also had Doug Jones in it. He he was one of the um, ghosties, but hmm. um, he was the pale man in um, Pan's Labyrinth. He was. Doug Jones is he's a pretty big deal when it comes to scary movies. He's almost as big a deal as he's, our... He's not. <sighs> Javier Botet, He's though. not. He's a big <laughs> no. deal. He's just not as big or thin or creepy as Javier Botet. That's all. I never oh. saw Pan's Labyrinth, so... Oh, we may have to change that. Mm. Um, it, it, Lynn Shay wasn't actually in this, was she? Who? As So, okay. Ouija Origin of Evil was actually a prequel movie to a movie that came out that was just titled Ouija. It was not directed by Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan saw Ouija and was like, I could do that better. And took the idea. Yeah, we'll and... see about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never saw the first one, but... I did. It was bad. Um, yeah, yeah. But it had... So Annalise Basso um, played Paulina Xander. And um, Lynn Shea in the original Ouija movie 
I believe, played older Paulina. Um, hmm. Oh, Lin Shay. Paulina, sure. Yeah, it, well, it says here um, Paulina Xander for Origin yeah. of Evil. But I feel like I didn't see her in this. I don't know. I don't remember her at She's all. like... <laughs> the fucking queen of horror movies um like if you i would say elvira is the queen of horror movies um (laughs) she was in dreamcatcher the 2020 version she was in the 2020 version of darkness falls well i didn't think she was in the one that came out before she was born no, 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 <laughs> Lynn Shay. Well, I mean, that's oh. a long time. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, she was in the. Not a lot of movies Grudge. came out before she was born. <laughs> um, she was in uh, the Final Wish. She was in the Insidious movies. Um, American Gothic, a movie that nobody else has ever seen called Dead End. That I talk about a lot to people outside of this. You know, podcast. we could talk a lot about the movie we actually watched, which well, was just, called. She's she's important to me. Okay. Okay. I just. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you stomped all over that amazing segue. So that's fine. Wait. I. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was a really good it segue. Wasn't, it wasn't. Okay, whatever it was. Um. Anyway. I don't recognize her from anything. Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't recognize any of these people besides the Mike Flanagan people. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. So the movie starts out. Hmm. And um, I am blanking on character names already. That's terrible. Alice is leading a... And the seance that she's doing is with um, Kate Siegel, who I expected to be in the movie longer than she was, and um, her father. And it starts off relatively normal and like, light the candle if you're saying yes and blow out the candle if you're saying no or something. It's hogwash. Um, long story short uh we get past that part and we are well a ghosty like comes out and like attacks the father and daughter pair and it menaces them vaguely it does yes um (laughs) and uh the, the daughter is super skeptical, and why are you giving her any of our money, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, he's also asking because I think his son-in-law In-law. wants so to marry... Wants, oh, I thought he wanted... He was, like, looking for, like, a to get into their will, or, or no, a business he opportunity. Want, yeah, like, he That's wanted right. him to invest, like, all of the, like, insurance money from his dead wife or whatever into this investment opportunity. Oh, yeah. And... Because that's something a ghost would know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
well, I mean, it depends. Are they talking to Mika? Because he would know. Because he's a ghost <laughs> now. He was mm, a daydreamer. He is. Mm. <laughs> and he had a squeegee board. He did. Ooh. I wonder if it was this one. Uh, this movie was also a prequel to Paranormal Activity. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> did you know they're coming out with another one of those? Uh, I was just thinking about the new Jurassic Parks, Jurassic Worlds, and all that stuff, and how much I hate them, and how much they make me angry. <sighs> anyway. So um, it, it becomes apparent very quickly that this is a hoax. Um, it's hokum. It's a sham. Um, it's all put together to be... It uh, should be very clear before you ever go there that it is. I, I don't believe in any of that crap. I, I do think there's people that can talk to ghosts and stuff like that, but when they have a setup like this, it's not fucking real. Uh, yeah, Houdini actually spent a good chunk of his time disproving people like this. Good man. Mm. I mean, he wasn't. So, but I mean, good for him. But... <laughs> um so if you hear occasional groaning in the background that's our child practicing his vocabulary before he goes to (laughs) (laughs) i mean when he does it it's cute but when i sit in bed and i'm like train dump truck explosion (laughs) it's weird telephone pole on the road (laughs) (laughs) it is a little unsettling Especially when it's like three in the morning and you like creep by because you really have to pee and you're super tired and then all of a sudden you hear like Dyson vacuum. Oh my god. So Vic brought our youngest child into our bedroom the other morning while I was sleeping and our youngest child who cannot open doors and sleeps in a crib and should not have been upstairs by himself. Um, so I'm dead asleep. And he goes, Mama! (laughs) (laughs) I see now how that could be unsettling. I nearly shat my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so basically, Alice and her two daughters have. Um, a sham sandwich going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have all this stuff going on. Like, they have buttons that make candles burn hotter, and... Um, they have, like, pipes and billows. <laughs> I mean, whatever. They have things. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they might even have stuff. <laughs> stuff and bangs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they're... It's basic teenage drama and they go to they go to school and at one point i think kids are making fun of the younger girl for like no apparent reason because they think that she's weird i guess of her mom i guess yeah that was the the point that we're supposed to be getting um your mom's a witch yeah (laughs) and like i think it's within the first couple minutes of the movie that we meet the father and and i i mean padre not like the dad i was like no we didn't (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's no, totally the father, dead the father <laughs> um or is he on a secret mission for nasa um <laughs> god kids are stupid um 
throwback to the very beginning of this podcast. Very beginning. Good old Mercy Black. <laughs> um, so yeah, they meet the, the father, and I think he says something about the one girl falling behind in homework. Because we kind of get introduced to him fairly early on. Um, we, I really like that actor. No matter what he does, he's, he's just really engaging. I don't think we were quite there yet. Because I think that that first night, the older daughter goes to um, her friend's house. And her friends are drinking and whatnot. And um, one of them bought a Ouija board at the store. One of their parents. And they were like, oh yeah, they were using that as like a like a game at their party or whatever. Hmm. And um, the girl that uh her mom does the the seances and stuff she was like oh it's all just a scam like it's not like anything real because like she well, knows that's what her mom does <laughs> for a living and so <sighs> sorry gonna have another one of those nights where i can't stop yawning again so um, they, they read the rules and the rules specifically state Never play in a graveyard. Never... Or other sacred ground. Well, yeah. Uh, and I don't remember what rule number three is. It doesn't. I apparently didn't matter enough to me. But the two rules that I remember are never play in a graveyard or on any kind of sacred or hallowed ground or whatever. Uh, and also, always say goodbye to the board when you're done playing. And they break one of those rules multiple times. And it's the less obvious of the two, I guess. Um, or the more obvious of the two. But like, literally no time that when they play with this like that they ever show at least do they ever say goodbye to the board never not a single fucking time and i thought like, it was just implied we don't see it though i know but i don't know like i feel like that's a kind of clunky thing to like play with your board <laughs> i mean then don't put it in your rules then <laughs> like don't even I talk guess. about it just make it two rules then it's a movie it doesn't have to be accurate because like I don't know. I, I just got annoyed the first time that it happened. But babe, it was based off of the Hasbro game Ouija board. The Luego board? The Waluigi board? <laughs> um, Mount Fiji so board. We'll, we'll link to the video that we're talking about. Um, that we referenced pr- probably a bunch more times. Um, I haven't seen podcast, that yet. But it's fine. It's pretty funny, though. You'll enjoy it. I... I like, I thought that was interesting because I thought that it was a plot point that they were like, always say goodbye. Like, it was important. And then as they're playing with this thing, they're all playing together and there's like a little bit of a romance starting between the two kids, which, ew, the kids are under 27 years old, so I don't want anything to do with that. But anyway, um, they're all like, they're playing and, and having a good time with this game and scaring each other. And the one girl's like almost passing out because she's so scared of this. <laughs> and then the parents come home and they're kind of like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're drinking and whatever. And they stop the kids from playing this game so they don't get a chance to say goodbye. And I thought that that mattered. Turns out it didn't. Um, <laughs> but I thought that that would be important. I thought that would be, like, the starting point where this thing starts to pull in, like, evil presences because, like, it wasn't... They didn't say goodbye to it. They didn't, like, disengage it from the spirit world. But no, it doesn't, didn't fucking matter. I wonder if, like... I'll try to remember to come back to this point about saying goodbye, but I'll probably forget. Um, so she gets brought home and her mom's like, rah, 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 you're grounded. Rah, rah, rah. And she brought the Ouija board home with her because her, I don't know, her friend told her, her friend's parents didn't want her playing with it or something. No, um, her mom buys one. Oh, that's right. 
That's right. I she says to like it's one. like it's like all the big deal right now, Mom. Like it's like whoa, so totally cool or whatever they. Talk it's like the sixties. It's real fetch. <laughs> it's totally sixties, Mom. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! That and then couch. her mom buys one. Then we'll try to move as little as possible. <laughs> I'll breathe as little as possible. Um. Yeah. So she buys one and then does some really questionable engineering on it that I don't necessarily understand was necessary. Why it she was necessary. She was putting magnets under the table and a magnet attached to the thing so that she could, like, across the... But they, like, show her sanding it at one point and, like, I don't know. It was just weird. But to make it, maybe to make it flush with the... I guess. But she rigs it all up so that she can, like, move her leg with a magnet on it and make it move around the board. And, like, it's actually kind of clever. Um, but she, you know, immediately rigs it up. Um, and then <laughs> her younger daughter comes downstairs and starts using it, like, by herself. Yes. Because they, they gotta notice, um, oh yeah, well, yeah, she just comes down and tries it and then gets attacked by a spirit. That's not well defined. Uh, and then yeah. shortly after that is when she goes. They go into the school, and she's talking to the father. And the father's like, "Your daughter's grades are slipping, and Paulina's grades are slipping." And because the mother is like, "Oh, you know, what did my oldest daughter do now?" I can't remember her name. That's terrible. Um, and <laughs> I just imagine that being the conversation that she had. What did my oldest do? I can't remember her name for the life of me. <laughs> Come on, oldest daughter, let's go home. And he's like, no, it's actually not her. It's Paulina. Paulina's been like falling asleep in class whenever she does come to class. And like, Mm. she's not been coming. And like, it's because she's been staying home and helping her mom with like the seances using the Ouija board. Because for some reason, the spirits only want to talk through Paulina. Well, uh, we skipped a huge part there. Because at this point, the mom doesn't know that spirits are real. She doesn't believe that they're real. Neither mm. does the sister. And it's not until fucking I think scam the, artist. The reason that yeah, the reason that she's not sleeping is because she uses the Ouija board like two or three nights in a row and then starts being haunted. Oh, and like she starts having some pretty cool sequences of scary dreams um, that kind of blend back and forth with reality. And like at one point, something pulls the covers off the older sister, and then mm. I think that's what makes her go downstairs. And there's a lot of like creepy, ill-defined things in the background. Um, but nothing really, like, defined. A lot of Doug Jones just chilling. Yeah, he's just hanging out, having a cigarette, and they're like, that's a perfect shot. Um, But uh, it isn't until the sister comes downstairs at one point, and she's, like, standing over the Ouija board and, like, says that she can talk to their dad, and the sister's like, no, you can't. Like, it's not real. Like, I know it's not real. And then she starts moving the planchette. Yes. Yeah. That's File that in words that I'll never use, like chevron. Um. But she, yeah, when's the last time I said that? A lot. <laughs> I, I use the word planchette a lot. Well, good for you. I've literally never Why? heard you say it. <laughs> Other than in this um, context. Because I make them out of resin. And also, I like them. Can you give me that planchette? It's a chip, babe. Stop calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bag of planchettes from the store. 
But the sister's like super skeptical and she's like, no, I know this is all fake because, you know, this is what we do for a living. You know it's fake too. And the sister's like, no, like the younger sister says, no, like we can, I can talk to dad. And she starts asking him questions. Watch me whip. <laughs> yeah, Watch that's, me. That's what I'm doing. Um, he's, he keeps like raising his hand above his head like he's riding on a bull or something. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so the really sister sister starts to believe it, I guess, because she starts like asking it questions. I think that only the dad would be able to answer or something. Um, and that's when she's like, "Mom, mom, come down and see what our sister can or our sister, what my sister can do." Um, <laughs> and her mom comes down, and the question that she asks, "What is it, daughter number two? <laughs> she asks, um, like. If this is really you, where were you whenever I told you that I was pregnant with our oldest daughter? Whose name I can't remember. With the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, shower. Yes. He. It. Air quotes. The ghosty says, shower. And then she's like, oh, it's all real. Um, and that's, oh, how did... that is when she starts missing school. Because the mom starts forcing her daughter to be a conduit for spirits in order to make money. And there is no nicer way to put that. That is what she's doing, 100%. <laughs> We're mean, she's helping not people. forcing her. Uh, Paulina wanted to do it. I'm pretty sure at one point mm. Paulina asked... Paulina? Paulina asked at one point if they can stop. <laughs> Papaya said... <laughs> no, our house is foreclosing because I won't take a real job. It was the 60s. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous, but, like, both of her kids are in school, so she's got at least six hours a day free. Can she not just, you know, work part-time? I don't remember seeing her, like, you know, go through a montage of applying to jobs like I would expect to see in a movie where money is tight, but, you know. But I don't know. is that the point where it tells them that it, like, it hid some money for them, like the... The dad's like, I hid some money for you to make sure you were taken care of. And they go down and find, like, five grand stored in a wall. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, really old money, which should probably be some kind of a clue that something's wrong. Because it's, like, older than 1960s money. And the fact that, like, they didn't well, really check the hole out any more than just, like, a glance around. And then, like, that was it. <laughs> Gave it the old glance around. <laughs> I mean, I have some old coins that some aren't in circulation anymore. I don't know how often they reprint paper money. Um, I would assume the bills they had in World War One or two were probably the same as, uh, you know, 20 years later. But I don't know either. Hmm. I know at some point dimes stopped being made out of silver. Like they were made out of silver for a long time and I don't, hmm. like, there's some sort of, like, mixed metal now. I don't know what they're made out of now, but... They look like um, they're copper coated with nickel or something now. Something like that. Um, but yeah, so they find a, an envelope full of a large amount of money. I don't remember how much it was. It might have been, like, 1500 but a lot of money for the time. Um, like, a lot of Los Angeles. Paid yeah. For probably a couple months. And then they start 
doing the seances like full time and she's pulling him out of school, pulling her daughter out of school constantly. And that's when the father talks to her and says, you know, I want to talk to you about your daughter. She's missing school a lot. And he asked her if she, I forget how it comes up. I think it's the older sister that says there's something wrong with her because she starts saying and doing really weird things. And the older sister brings him like a full two or three page essay that the younger daughter wrote in beautiful handwriting in another language. In like Polish or something. Polish. Yeah. And he's like, you know, oh, I, I don't speak it, but thankfully, you know, because the writers need me to, I know someone who speaks it, so I'll bring it to them. <laughs> and that's when he tells the mom, like, I had my lunch lady read this and like she was <laughs> deeply disturbed by it. <laughs> but I made sure she finished it. Um and it turns out to be the memoirs of a patient that was being tortured well, by a doctor. After he gets the papers, they go to, he goes to the, what's her last name? Xander. The Xander house yeah. for a Ouija session. Um, oh, that's right. And Doris <laughs> contacts his dead wife, Gloria, and she answers all his questions, like things only he would know, but he tells them that he just focused really hard on what he knew was wrong answers and the thing just read his mind. It didn't oh, actually right. know these things. It just was reading their minds to get the answers for the stuff. And he was upstairs and, telling the older sister this and, like, just having a completely candid conversation about it. And then at one point, like, one of them is like, we probably shouldn't be talking about this in here. I can hear us. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I actually kind of like that because he said at one point he quotes scripture, which I don't know at all. Uh, but he quotes uh, something in the Bible that's along the lines of just because something seems supernatural and amazing doesn't mean that it's a good thing and that you should still be skeptical. Uh, and he decides to try to like test this phenomenon and proves that it's not real. It's not true. Um, she speaks in a different voice for just, just a few seconds, just long enough to, for you to realize that it's not a voice that a little girl should be able to make, but not long enough for him to identify it as his wife's. Uh, she says what sounds to be correct answers, but they appear to just be surface level information. Um, and then uh, the wife tries to argue and say that uh, because she tries to argue and say that like, no, no, like it has to be my husband. Like she contacted my husband. He knew something that only my husband would know. Uh, and then they start kind of putting together and surmising Wait, hang on. whatever this you can't test the spirit by asking it something somebody dead would know. Like, it had to be something she knew, too. You know, like, if... What do you mean? Uh, how do I phrase this? You said she asked the thing something only Roger would know. But if it's something only mm -hmm. Roger knew, then they wouldn't know if it was true or not. Like, she would have to know it, too. Well, yeah, but, like, only aside from herself like she's automatically including herself mm. in that like whenever you say like i mean they do that a lot in movies where like it's like okay prove it's your you like tell me something that only you would know like but obviously one other person in the room would have to know sorry our cat was attacking the doorway <laughs> um <laughs> Like, just, there's always, a, like, at least one other person in the room that has to know, so. Yeah, like, if that was there her, were... her 
if there were two victors, like one was a perfect imitation, like a robot, and then the real victor, like, and I was holding like a gun to either one of you, like I need to know who's who. Like, what would you say to me to convince me that it was actually you? I would probably start talking about three D printing. Nah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a robot's going to know that you know things about 3D printing. <laughs> and you have That's a 3D fair. printing YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess... So technically, if it has access to electronic media, it could know all that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, you better think the robot doesn't think of that and start telling me 3D printing stuff, because then I'll shoot you immediately, because... It'll be like, hey, when you hook up your 3D printer, and it's just repeating what it heard in one of your videos, I'll be like, oh, that's got to be him. <laughs> that's fair. I, I feel like I could probably come up... Oh. I would probably look you dead in the eye, and I would tell you, like, Max, you're my best friend, and I love you. But I would never agree that an ostrich is a mount that anyone would ride in any battle. <laughs> and in a fit of rage, I would kill the robot. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I couldn't do well, that, but I'd have to turn it on something. Because this is like... This is ah, damn it! To the ether, so now the robot will know. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also around this time that he reveals that he had the pages translated. Yes. And this is where I started to get really interested in the movie because he reveals these pages were written um, I don't I'm trying to read the synopsis right now too and I, I still don't understand it. So there was a, a Nazi doctor. Was it a Nazi doctor or just a regular doctor? I thought it was a Nazi doctor. I thought so too. Okay, let's. let's I had two out thought. Of three, so. I thought like a Nazi doctor escaped Germany after the war, came to live in America, and then started conducting experiments in his basement. But according to the synopsis, that's not escaped what it says. Poland. Oh. Well, wherever, wherever they were. Poland, I mean, they would have been escaping from everywhere. Uh, but the, the captive came from Poland. Um, he was Polish. The one that was being tortured. Uh, okay. Okay. And see, the pages that Doris wrote are basically a, a journal account of this Polish immigrant named Marcus, um, who was being tortured in the basement, along with other captives, by this sadistic Nazi doctor. And I was like, ooh, I, I kind of like stuff like that. Like, you know, these Nazi people got away and, like, they escaped somewhere else and they're still alive. But it really, it has it has no bearing on anything. Because that, that's not even true, um, it turns out. Uh, I mean, I, um, I guess those things well, happened there, but... <laughs> they did. Uh, and that's the idea, I guess, is that what, what made this playing of the Ouija board so dangerous was that they were this whole time playing with it in a graveyard and they didn't know. So they broke both the rules, not just the one that I was annoyed about, but both of them, um, <laughs> because they were like 
10 or 15 different bodies buried in their basement that they didn't know about. And there's like an entire, uh, like bunker buried in their basement as well that they didn't know about, like with surgical equipment and like a filtration system. And like, it's like a legitimate world war one, like bunker built into the basement of their house where this doctor, I guess had been experimenting on people for years. Um, and it's shortly before this point that the little girl has a dream of, well, I guess it's not a dream. She like goes downstairs to talk to the Ouija board one more time and she's using the planchette to look around the room, like look mm. through it, which is kind of cool. Uh, and she sees like oh. a creepy shadowy spirit and then it keeps getting closer and closer. And then the last time she looks, it's not there anymore. And um, then it kind of gets a little bit more predictable, but it, she takes the planchette down and it's, right in front of her and like shoves it oh who would have thought that would have been the like... outcome of that little scene <laughs> oh I did that's right yeah, it possesses her. <laughs> um, doesn't it like so... crawl into her mouth or something oh yeah like well, and there was also a couple of things that were relatively important that we left out um, at oh one... shocker <laughs> yeah uh, at one point um, Paulina goes on a date with one of the guys that she's been hanging out with, Mikey. And while the... Uh, sorry, your audio got jumpy for a second and distracted me. Um, your audio. Uh, so while <laughs> while Father, Father Tom um, and uh, Alice and Lena were having a conversation about Doris and her issues. Um, Mikey comes to the door and Doris just fucking kills her. Him. Him. Oh yeah. He comes in looking for Lena, I guess. Yeah. I, and Paulina the little girl's the like, one. I thought she was the younger one for some reason. Nah, Doris is the possessed one. Um, yeah. Yeah, she I forget exactly how it happens too. But uh He like goes upstairs. She convinces him that there's money in the basement. Ah yes. And then he goes down in the basement like a, a fucking idiot. Because like two or three days before that, she threatens him pretty overtly by telling him exactly what it feels like to be strangled to death in vivid detail. And he's like, okay, that's nice, and leaves. And then the next time he comes over, she's like, hey, remember that creepy thing that I said? Forget about that. Come to the dark basement with me, because there's a hole in the wall, and you can find money in there. And he's like, okay. And then goes down to the basement with her and sticks his arm, like, shoulder deep into this hole and starts pulling things out. And he finds one skull, and, like, then I guess that's enough fear for him to get possessed, I, I guess. Um, or something wow. along those lines happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, Mike Flanagan. I really it's feel just... like I should have rewatched this before. People don't come here for accuracy. They, they don't come here at all, I don't think. I so. I no mean, worries. That's true. They aren't going to come back here after this episode. <laughs> um... <laughs> this is um... lame. They're not talking about planchettes enough. I'm leaving. Is she is she here yet? I don't see her. Um, no. No, she's not. So. Cool. That's fine. Um, 
her... That's fine. We lost our only fan. She's... <laughs> she's three hours behind us, so her child is not in bed yet. So. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so, they're upstairs. After having this conversation, they're, she's like, no, I, you know, I asked my daughter to channel my husband and i asked her to ask him you know where i was in the house whenever uh, he or where he was in the house when i told him that i was pregnant you know with our first child and she answered correctly and like it knew it knew that and he was like well what if this spirit has been here the whole time and it's been in this house the whole time so it saw that happen so it knows you know what's happened in this house because it's been here as long as you have and longer obviously like, that oh, was a no. disturbing part of the movie when they realized yeah, the ghost really... was watching them the whole time. So, so they have this terrible realization that's really unsettling that this this thing has been in the house watching them their entire life, their entire time in this house because it's been attached to this fucking house. And they basically open the door by bringing in this this Ouija board. Um, and that's when they're like, <laughs> that's when the, the youngest one in the room is like maybe we should stop openly talking about all of this right now in this house where this thing can watch us and they're like oh fuck so they go downstairs and that's where they find mikey's body no they don't yet they're standing at the bottom of the stairs and they're like we've got to go get uh what, what's her name doris? doris doris and they go to go back upstairs and like mikey falls and has like tied their bed sheets together into a noose yeah. and falls down their like spiral staircase the center of the spiral staircase and he's dead would have been and funnier that's... if he fell down the actual stairs on the spiral staircase because <laughs> it would have taken like 30 <laughs> seconds for him to get to the bottom yeah uh... <sighs> so all I remember after that the next thing I remember is Mikey coming alive and jumping down and grabbing someone and flying backwards in a really weird looking wire stunt uh, mm. because his body, I guess, was possessed. Did they have that like stupid wall crawling area? thing in this movie? I can't yes. remember now. Did they? Yes, they did. That's yep. points lost, remember, Mike Flanagan. And I remember thinking it looks it it never looks right. It it just no, never it works. never does. Now I'm upset. <laughs> Somebody someday is going to find a way to make it work, and I'm so excited for that day. I don't... Okay, I'm not going to say it wouldn't be hard, because it would be hard, but it's no harder than many of the other effects that they've done in TV mm-hmm. and movies. Like, it's just a matter of figuring out how fast can this person crawl on the ground. Okay, let's make them move at that same speed on the wall so it doesn't look fucking weird. Because if you're moving slower than what your body, like the momentum that you're generating should make you go, it looks weird and vice versa. Like it doesn't work. So immediately your brain's like, that's stupid. (laughs) You know, spiders can do it like without any special effects. Like they can do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, chameleons don't even need a green screen. They can just change color. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So it it, it really pisses me off. It does. Doris is in the basement now, I believe. Yeah, I'll bet she is. They all scatter at this point. And (laughs) I think the priest is like trying to priest his way out of it and then realizes that his he doesn't have enough juice. They they go to burn the Ouija board in the basement. Because there's a furnace down there. So they go down and (laughs) I honestly can't remember if they got 
the Ouija board into the furnace, but they found the room where, like, the killing room that this doctor had in the house. And he, like, crawls through the walls to get there. And he goes by himself, because that's what you do in Mm -hmm. horror movies. You split the party immediately. (laughs) I understand. Father Tom ends up getting possessed at some point. He goes in there in the dark and... The demon's all like, hey, buddy. I don't even remember how it happens now, to be completely honest. But Rory wants to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> At least I can't he be like mad about that. Di- <laughs> he like meowed directly into the microphone. Super cute. <laughs> that, that can stay. Cats can't hey, help themselves. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, he comes point... like shuffling back. Yeah, they kill. What? She kills Mikey. Father Tom goes down to the furnace. He gets possessed and attacks Alice and Lena. But he manages yeah. to like get just enough uh, sanity to like shut and lock the basement the basement door. The basement door. Yeah, <laughs> before he falls down the stairs and breaks his neck i guess i I don't know but he was he didn't doris kill him it does say here Mm -hmm. she did kill him but doesn't say how hmm well yeah i don't remember at all i do i do remember him gaining control at the last second and i'm pretty sure it was one of those like father like remember who you are kind of moments (laughs) and if it's not i apologize but i really feel like it was and i okay go away hey rory shut your filthy clam (laughs) he is filthy we let him down into the basement and he came back up possessed yeah um (laughs) No, he went down there black and white and came up black and gray. So, ah. absolutely disgusting. That's fine if he wants to dye his hair a little bit. Also, the first thing you should fucking do when you buy a new house or go to a different apartment, better look around there and make sure nobody left any Ouija boards open, laying around. Oh. We haven't looked in the attic yet, but we no. have checked the basement and there's only some old tools and an old workbench down there. Well, and, and a jar of teeth, and somebody's skin that's been pinned up, pinned up to the wall yeah. with a treasure map on it. Um, but I would take the a picture of that treasure like, map. Super hard to get to. <laughs> there actually used to be um, a stairway to the attic in one of the boys' rooms, and <laughs> they walled it off. And now the only way to get to the attic is in a like eight inch by twelve inch hole in the ceiling yeah so which i mean the rules are that you would only go up there if your girlfriend who brought a malevolent spirit with her asks you not to over and over again by saying mm-hmm. your name like mika 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 don't mika mika don't go up there that's the only way that i would go up there and also you couldn't be any more than eight inches thick because you wouldn't be able to get up into mm-hmm. i'm gonna edit that over and over again <laughs> How many inches thick do I need to be? <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't fit up there. <laughs> I 
might be able to fit my head up there. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, there's this that you know, come to your senses, you know, get a hold of yourself, father. This isn't you, kind of moment. And he regains enough control to, to close the door and lock himself in, which is a pretty awful fate. Uh, and then I think he gets more possessed at that point, because I think later on she does kick him down the stairs. Yeah, I thought she, like, pushed or kicked him. Because he's, like, real crazy possessed at some point. I'm sorry, listeners. We we have had a really tough time over the past couple of weeks with all of our shenanigans trying to move all of our well the movie doesn't go in a uh like a an ordered order either linear fashion yeah i mean it is linear but it's it's like it feels like it escalates really quickly instead of watching a vertical column of events you're watching like a horizontal column of events but playing it from the bottom to the top so it's like super wide but super short does that make sense? Giggity? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, Oddly enough. So. <laughs> Would you rather have a penis that's like really long, but like spaghetti strand size? <coughs> or one that's like really wide, but like flat as a pancake? Hmm. Boy, these are the questions. <laughs> neither. But neither <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, so I guess i didn't really realize what was happening maybe i blacked out i don't know um but apparently roger's spirit carried lena to her bed according to the synopsis that i'm reading mm-hmm. i remember her ending up in her bed did not realize it was her dad i do vaguely remember that but it doesn't matter it does though because <laughs> apparently whenever they get up there he's all like remember when your doll had its mouth stitched together which was a thing that happened earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. and um she realizes that she has to sew her sister's mouth shut which she doesn't know what that's gonna do spoiler alert it fucking kills her (laughs) but i guess it (laughs) saves her soul which is like i guess the lesser of the two i guess wakes up or comes back or something i don't know and finds that lena has shown shown doris's mouth shut and alice is like dude what the fuck and (laughs) lena's like sorry i had to and then i also had to do this and then she's like stabs her mom oh that's right because she's possessed yeah, it, like, jumped ship from her sister into her, which I guess her dad didn't bother telling her, um, like, yeah, just do this thing. It, it's gonna kill your sister, it's also gonna possess you, so maybe you should, you should sew your mouth shut first. Um, just hold your breath. Or, you know, just something. He's just like... So, I mean, just a big swing and a miss from the dad there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't know. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's uh... only been dead once. <laughs> I guess the Nazi scientist has been dead more than that, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, for Uh, 20-something years as opposed to one. (laughs) So. Then all of a sudden it skips over to Lena and she's in 
a mental word. And it's the beginning of Oculus. Uh, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> Except the doctor walks by at one point and just out of the, the corner of your eye, you can see that she is not alone in her room. And he like stops and walks back to the window and looks in and she's sitting by herself on the floor. And then from over his shoulder, climbing on the ceiling is uh, Doris. Doris coming up behind. Well, to Lena get is painting a squeegee board on the floor with her blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I don't know what she uses as a bezeling planisher or whatever you said. Um, but <laughs> she, I think she just uses her. Oh, she, yeah, like she just fingers. uses her fingers. Yeah, she like. I thought. Wasn't it a cup? I thought she just did that with her fingers. Oh, maybe she did. They I wouldn't give you glass in a mental hospital. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't here's even think they let you have. Here's a straight razor. Here's food. a glass. <laughs> You're not allowed to have your shoelaces. Like you either have to take the shoelaces out of your shoes, or you have to wear like the booties that they Crocs. provide to you. And yeah, it's intense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she summons who's it's, and she's walking on the ceiling. I I'm counting that as a. A jump scare at the end of the movie. Hmm. We had this conversation before. And I don't think that, personally, I would consider that a jump scare. But, I can understand why you would. So, I should have just said, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's the end of the movie. Uh, It is a prequel to another movie that we watched a long time ago that I remember nothing about. Long so. ass time ago, and it has one Long of the main characters time ago. from Secret Life of the American Teenager in it, which made me laugh a little bit. I don't have any idea what that is either. Nope. Let's see here. Directed by Mike Flanagan, written by Mike Flanagan, edited by Mike Flanagan. So, who do we have to blame for most of this? Let's see. Mike Flanders again. Darren Kagasoff. You just make up a name to say that you're a director. No, sorry. <laughs> I know that's what it sounds like. But no, he was in the original Ouija movie. <laughs> I feel like you were like desperately looking down the list of people who were involved with this movie. He was who in charge of Who do we have to Fuck blame? Him. Tom Selleck. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. He's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> brother uh. <laughs> oh lord uh, one of the actors from uh, the Bye Bye Man was in the original Ouija movie as well never saw it um, or that anyway so I guess I'll go first since it was my movie alright All right. Um, what do we do first favorite part I think we do favorite part, least favorite part, scary part, overall rating. Okay. Um, My favorite part was in the very, very beginning of the movie, uh, where the mom's like, Lena, what the fuck? And then Lena's like, sorry, mom, but that girl was a bitch. And, like, that's how you learn that it's all a scam. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Okay, I know what you're talking about. And then she says that, like, if it's a scam and we just tell them what they want to hear, then why did you tell him not to take that 
business opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yes. she was like, because she was a bitch. But that that wasn't <laughs> specifically. Specifically, it was. Well, I just meant I, yeah. I was referencing. Oh, yeah, I understand what you were talking about. Uh, Max, what was your favorite part? Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, as much as I didn't like parts of the movie, the the cinematography, I guess you'd call it, um, was pretty good. Um, and I really liked them adding this um, pathos. Is that the right word? Pathos? About the World War II doctor, you know, escaping, you know, the Jewish tribunal and coming to America and doing all this stuff. I thought, like, oh, here we go, here we go. Like, this is where it's going to get real dark and sinister. But then it it didn't. But that was my favorite part. Yeah, it was kind of like a cool opportunity that just sort of glossed over. Yeah. Um, some of the... Uh, for me, my favorite part was some of the early shots when the entity is only just starting to, to haunt them. Mm. There's some really cool shots uh, that actually, Max, you were just talking about this uh, in the Midnight Mass show, which is also from Mike Flanagan, which I think is why we're on this topic. Um, but uh, there are some shots where like the two girls will be talking in their room and one of them will walk past a doorway and something that you didn't realize was there is now gone, and you only notice it because its profile has changed. Um, so, like, you know, a dark shadow in the doorway that you didn't notice, once the girl walked past it, it's no longer there, and you're like, oh shit, like, there was something standing back there, and, like, it's not super obvious, which is what I think is cool, because if you're not, you know, paying attention to the background, if you're not kind of, like, looking for creepy things, you won't see it. So it's not super obvious, and there were there were some cool uses of that early on, uh, but then it just, it kind of, I don't know, got kind of boring for me but anyway the earlier parts with that was was probably my favorite part um some of those spooky shots all right um my least favorite part there were a lot of cliches like this was one of mike flanagan's earlier like he did oculus and and then I think this was his next movie after Oculus. I'm not entirely sure, though. Um, <clears throat> and I just feel like he like leaned heavily on like cliche crap, like the teenagers and like all that stuff. So I don't know. That kind of bugged me a little bit. Huh. Max. Yeah, that basically sums up what I didn't like about it either. Or, as well, I guess. Um, yeah, just a lot of stereotypical stuff. Like, you know, someone walking into the house and he's like, well, I'm going to follow this little girl into the basement. Like, nobody in their right mind would do that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Sorry. Similar. Um, but for me, uh, just the missed opportunities. Like, there was a lot of really cool ideas here that were like, there were some really cool threads. Like, the idea that he was able to lie to the spirit by focusing on something really hard, there, thereby proving that it could read, like, surface thoughts, was really cool. Um, you know, like Max said, the, the backstory about the Doctor, like, there was a lot of really cool little bits in this movie, but none of them were really used or connected in a way that 
made them really worth it. So it was really frustrating to have like these really cool moments where I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. And then they just don't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, so like the missed opportunities is my least favorite part about this movie. Um, the scariest part for me, I think, was probably Doris looking through the planchette. Like, that was pretty, pretty spoopy. Yeah, yes. That was an interesting thing to do, is to actually take that up and look around the room like a kaleidoscope. Um, yeah. With one lens, I guess. Uh... I think the scariest part for me, and probably the part where I would have died, <laughs> is when I reached my hand into the hole and found a skull. Because mm. I'm betting, before I even pulled it out, I'd be like, oh god, I know what this is. But oh. then I would have to see. <laughs> and then, like... Maybe it's just a rock. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be that scared of it, but I would be upset that I touched it. And probably, like, in my shock would have, like, leapt backwards with my head, like, landing right in the furnace, probably. <laughs> Making the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. <laughs> also, when did um, Triangle um, come out? Sorry, before we get to... When did Triangle what? Come out. Why, why would you bring up Triangle? Well, I was reading about um, Juliet Snowden and uh, Styles White, who had a hand in Ouija. And it said in 2015, oh, White and okay. Snowden were hired by Universal to rewrite the untitled Bermuda Triangle film. And I was like, oh wait, I wonder if they... No, I wonder if that 2009. Okay, yeah. I thought, I wonder if that became Triangle, but it didn't. Um. All right. What was your, um, Victor, what was your scariest part? Yes. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really have one that really spooked me out. I guess the part wherever they realized that the entity was telling them, was answering their questions truthfully, but it wasn't the creature they thought they were talking to, the spirit they thought they were talking to. I guess that would be the most unnerving part for me. It's like you have this feeling of excitement and, you know, elation and like you're so ec ecstatic that you're able to talk to this past loved one and then you find out that it's some harbinger of doom that's like playing on your emotions that's mm. kind of terrible um so i wasn't really scared by that but it was probably the part that i found the most unnerving for me personally um overall rating i give this movie yes. do, we do overall rating first or scary rating first overall oh we do overall okay I give it a six and a half. Hmm. Um, there were definitely things that I liked about it. The general plot I liked. I felt like it could have been executed better. Okay. Mm -hmm. Max? Um, overall, I'll give it a five out of ten. Um, it had all the parts of a horror movie. Um, they just didn't quite get it cut and glued together the way they should have. Mm. Wow. Um, I'm going to be the hard ass. I'm going to give it 4 out of 10. Oh! There were a lot of points in this movie that I was really disappointed that they didn't elaborate on things more and I just 
Eh, it wasn't bad. I just wasn't really that interested. I'm sorry, Mike Flanagan. You did better later on, so good, now, good for you. Yeah, I, I could say a lot better things about Midnight Mass. There are... I think that he has come an extremely long way since... Like, Oculus, I think... Like I said, I think that was one of his first ones. I think he might have had one before that. Um, but... Like... I think that even even from Oculus, like Oculus was a good movie, but again, it it leaned pretty heavily on cliches, and it was certain parts of it were really generic. There were parts that were done really well, but like there were parts that were what. There's a lot of parallels between Oculus and Color Out of Space. Um. If you say so. One parallel, really. <laughs> I like. I'm like sitting here trying. Um, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait. I'm was sorry, there guys. a mirror? Favorite two movie. kids. Uh... <laughs> Drinking. Hmm. I didn't see here, any alcohol in this movie. I guess maybe when they went to dinner. Oh, and the yeah, the kids. Never um, and the kids. Yeah. Those darn kids. But um, horror rating. Did we all give it our... Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, I believe I'm also going to give it a... Six and a half out of ten. There were definitely parts that, like... I mean, I, and we've had this conversation before where, like, I do appreciate a good jump scare. And there were a couple of good ones in this. Um, also, the whole thing with the dolls and the sewing the mouth shut thing. That was creepy. And... Um... Even though I was annoyed about it, like Father Tom going by himself into the the room, mm. the room of horrors. Father Tom, not to be confused with Major Tom. Yeah. Or Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I keep thinking. Every time I see Father Tom, I think Dr. Tom. And then I think Dr. Phil for some reason. Dr. Okay. Phil uh... is a scary man. Max, horror rating. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give it another 5 out of 10. Um, they had a lot of interesting horror ideas. Um, yes. Mike Flanagan's own little twists on things. And at the same time, <laughs> it was like, you know, oh, I wonder, they're panning over, what am I going to see now? Like, I knew exactly what was going to happen sometimes. Um, mm. Like when she's looking at the ghost through the planchet, and then suddenly it's gone, and I'm yeah. like, oh, here it comes. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's the way horror movies are supposed to be, I don't know. But um, I'm going to go a little higher for my horror rating, because there were a couple of cool parts that I liked, which I talked about earlier, where it was, um, you know, less is more. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Oh! Um, just because of scenes, like I said, where, like, you know, they're talking and it's focused on them because they're in the um, the, the foreground. And in the background, there's some there's a shape there, but you can't make out what it is. And then, like, you know, something changes, something pans, and then they go back and it's not there anymore. Like, that kind of stuff is cool. Or, like, the first time she was looking through the planchette, before it got, like, all up in her business, 
it was uh, I think there was a part where you just saw its fingers on the door and then it like wraps its fingers away and like disappears that that stuff to me is really creepy because like you you don't see what it is but you know there's something there and like not knowing what it is is so much more creepy than like having it be in your face and like rawr and then it's you know possessing her I just um less is more kind of thing um so there were some parts that I thought were pretty creepy there I I'm glad you said that Victor um because I, I think I coined a phrase in my own mind this week called like gentle horror um okay <laughs> like I, I think Soft there's a horror. well yeah like soft horror <laughs> Instead of having monsters jumping out and going, bah, or, you know, people getting possessed or, you know, a ghost suddenly appearing behind somebody and it makes like a squealing noise or whatever. Like, there is a huge market for gentle horror. Like, hmm. I hate to keep going back to what it. What was the one but... we just watched? Things Seen and Heard. Yeah. No. That no, one too. The one the other one. with uh, Rebecca Hall. That I just watched too because you said I should. The house on the oh, lake. Oh yeah, or... that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, night house. Yeah. The night house. That's it. Yeah. You, did you bring that up for a reason? Uh, because I I felt like that was kind of what you were like the type of movie that you were referring to, like yes. that one wasn't like jump out and get you. It was more like oh god who was she married to kind of a thing right um i think you're right that's a good that's i probably came up with that word after i watched that movie um and I thought, <laughs> but yeah there's a market for that you know like like his house like it's gently turning up the tear occasional you know growls here and there but like when the night witch finally comes out of the floor, it's he's not like coming out like roaring and chasing people. He just like gently raises himself up. And that is just as scary, if not more than, you know, overt jump scares to me. If done well. Yes. If done well. there they, I have seen people try to do that and it's just like... I am the pretty thing that I was in the house. I was just going to oh, say God. that. Yeah, that oh, movie tried for that God. and just fell flat on its face. And I I don't fall asleep during movies very often. I pass out. It uh, I just, just oh my god. <laughs> like at one point during the movie, I very distinctly remember thinking, I wonder how much battery power my phone has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 14%. Oh, okay. Uh, like I just like I, I'm sorry, uh you know, I I really appreciate people trying to do something different and that movie was different than I've seen, but yeah, I was not thrilled with that at all. <laughs> I do want to say, too, that, like, whenever we're talking about movies on this podcast, I... Did we do all of our horror ratings? Yeah, we did. I we think so. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Um, so, like, whenever we're doing this podcast, I have a tendency to be a little bit more objective than I would be if I were just watching for entertainment's sake. Like, I am the type of person who, like, like you said earlier about the Jurassic World movies and, like, oh, I hate these. These are terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm making fun of you, but that's a perfectly <laughs> valid opinion. And a valid but impersonation. Me, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is just, you know, 
entertaining. It's like dinosaurs. I just enjoy watching this. Like, <laughs> so I see. I can't help but get um, like hung up I'm on my own history. You know what I mean? Like, like Jurassic yeah. Park scared the shit out of me. And then, like, I watched yeah. Jurassic World and then The Fallen Kingdom. I'm like, they are just remaking the old movies. Like, they're doing the exact well, same thing. Well, they tried to things. do something different. And, well, like, they think computer animation is going to save it now. The second know, and third but... movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but and, like, no that offense. was something that um, the other day, my brother. Can... What? Go ahead. Oh, oh go ahead. Um, just my brother posted the other day, he was like, oh, I hate this. And it was like a trailer for the new Home Alone movie. And I was like, I'll probably watch that and think it's cute because that's who I am as a person. Like. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. I just don't get mad about things. It takes all kinds (laughs) to make up a world and a podcast, but, um, you know, uh, like, like Victor constantly tells me about, what is it? Parks and Rec? That has Chris Pratt in it. Oh, I love that show. See, yeah. I've never seen the show. I honestly don't have much desire to see the show. Um, so I don't have much to compare Chris Pratt to either. I loved him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Loved it. But then mm-hmm. watching him in like Jurassic World, I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. Like, yeah, and I've, I've seen tweets from I mean, he's basically playing watered-down Star-Lord. Right. But it, that was great in Guardians of the Galaxy, not so great for Jurassic World. And, like, I've seen tweets where him and What's-Her-Face, Bryce Dallas Howard, they're so excited. You know, they're doing cool stuff on set. And I'm like, this is just, like, still undermining my appreciation of any of these movies. The fact that you guys think they're cool, like, hurts my feelings. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, for some reason, Chris Pratt, for me, I think just because I spent so much time enjoying the characters that he played that were goofy and fun, like uh, Andy from Parks and Rec and Star-Lord, like those characters are really great and really engaging and really funny because he does that kind of uh, like making fun of himself, being the butt of jokes kind of thing really well. Like he does that really well. And to see him as the straight man felt weird. And he's delivering these like just borderline cringy like action hero lines that yeah are like you know the setup for the joke is like six fucking miles long where you know i don't know i can't think of any like the he says about how you know the this dinosaur has been alone its entire life and uh that they they like feed it by a crane and like its attachment is like its only emotional attachment is this piece of machinery that feeds it she's like well maybe we should give it a playmate and he's like probably not a good idea <laughs> like, oh Ooh, that's uh, cool dude. <laughs> yeah it's like all right um so it's Vic's pick for next it week is pick. um oh, so i just know I he's gonna, gonna pick jurassic pick world and then max i'm sorry uh, it's not horror um it's action adventure uh dinosaur action um I was gonna pick a movie, and then Max randomly brought it up, and now I feel weird. Like I don't, I. You can still pick it just because Max said it. I just feel weird about it, but I also don't want to pick another Mike Flanagan movie. In the wise words of Tom Segura, Mike Flanagan for a little bit. <laughs> if you're eating lunch or dinner with somebody at a restaurant and you order the chicken, and they go, "Oh, that's what I was gonna get," as Tom Segura would say, "You still can." 
I didn't order the last chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes they have, especially during our current supply shortage issue (laughs) in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I was thinking about this for like two days straight, trying to figure out what movie I wanted to watch. And um, I've been picking some newer movies recently to try to see if I could find something that would be, you know, kind of fun and interesting and be a good scary movie. And it hasn't really worked out. So I'm going to pick one of my favorite horror movies from recent memory, which is called Triangle. It's a very, very good movie. You said it was 2009? Nine. Yep. Oh, let me look up and see where you can stream that. However, I would recommend that if you don't do good with, uh, if you don't do good, if you have a hard time with like uh, emotionally heavy movies, this isn't a typical horror movie so much as it's kind of existential a little bit. So if you have a hard time with like... 1428 kind of. Isn't that the name of that? Yeah. 1922? No, no, no. Um, no, it's a room number in a hotel. 1408, yeah. Oh. Um. I, I watched that movie at a time when my emotions were really bad, and it just, like, ruined them even further. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yes, it is a, it's a pretty heavy movie. So it's a heavy horror movie. But it is a very good movie, and I enjoy it a lot. And I've been putting it up, putting off picking it for a while, so I'm excited to finally get into it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just um, <laughs> I clicked on the director of this movie, and he just looks like a very haggard fellow. <laughs> well, you'd have to be an awful human being to make this movie. Um, apparently, oops, that's not what I meant to do. Apparently, oops. Um, <laughs> we can talk about it on the next podcast. Okay, so it is free to stream on. Tubi, Pluto, Voodoo, Amazon. <laughs> I don't have any of those Peacock. things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can rent it or buy it starting at three ninety nine from YouTube or Google Play. <laughs> I'll have to get it on YouTube. Uh if anyone is considering buying it, if they haven't seen it before, I will say that D Pad gave it his seal of approval. So I mean if you're not going to listen to me, you should Such listen to D-Pad. Well, if we cared about his opinion, we would have invited him on the show. Oh, wait. Aww. We have, multiple times. <laughs> That's true, we did. I guess we do care. Yeah, I was just thinking about him the other day. I thought maybe we should get him back on here again. Especially now that we got this online thing. Yeah. Yes. Because to my understanding, our weekly allotment of recording time doesn't matter how many people we're recording with. Yeah, I don't think so. Good to know. Let's um, All right. yeah, see if we well, can find a time to do um, that. Yeah, he, he might like to be on the Triangle episode. Ooh, he, he might be. And then we'll have two people who like it and two people who are like, ugh. About all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, wait. I, I'm going to snip that noise out of this podcast and like make a buzzer for it for the next podcast. <laughs> so anytime you're like, like and, burr, and then this burr. happens, you're going to be like, ugh. <laughs> Um, so funny story, real quick before we wrap up. Um, my friend Courtney, whenever I... Can we stop the recording so we're not using our time that we're paying for? for It's relevant to that. So, my friend Courtney, you just wasted like 10 seconds saying that. Um, This is only an hour and a half. My friend Courtney, back in like 2009-ish, 
Um, we were hanging out and I made a comment about how I'm basically just like a barbarian and how I shulk smash. And she made her ringtone me saying shulk smash, but it was back like whenever cell phones were still kind of crappy with audio (laughs) and it like clipped out real bad every time. And so whenever I would call her, it would just be like me screaming into her phone and clipping horribly, making essentially the sound that I made a few minutes ago. So, That's anyway. pretty good. <laughs> if you would like to have a ringtone specific to you, <laughs> then join our Patreon. <laughs> this is on point. Sign up for our Patreon. Yeah. I think it's live. I don't remember at this point. We'll look I, into it. Yeah, I did a bunch of stuff with it several months ago, and then nobody ever signed up. So, Wow, huge shot at our listeners listener but she's not even here so we don't even have her anymore so i would do this podcast even if it was only just me and max oh i mean and you too, I, guess. I quit <laughs> okay and on that note bye bye everyone see you next week